Okay, you can be seated. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that tonight for uh, leading the singing and such a short notice. But uh, I appreciate the servants of the Lord just doing what the Lord would have them to do. Amen. And so we're grateful for those who do such a thing. So tonight we're going to be reading out of Galatians chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Galatians chapter 3. If you want to read tonight, you can get in line and, uh, and do that. And we sure appreciate that as well. Galatians chapter 3. All right, let's stand tonight in honor of God's Word as we do read. And uh, so tonight looks like we're going to have uh, six, six folks tonight. There's how many verses in chapter 3? There's 29, 6, uh, 5. All right, go ahead, brother. Let's read the first five. Who hath bewitched you? That ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Thank you, brother. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foresee, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In these, in these shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Thanks, sister. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, evident. evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though 
it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Thereto. Thank you. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it would uh, that it should make the promise of none effect for if the inheritance be of the law it is no more of promise but god gave it to abraham by promise wherefore then serveth the law wherefore then serveth the law it was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Thank you. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Thank you. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. My a lot of rich verses in that chapter 3 there. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like you to turn back to Matthew, Matthew chapter 18. We want to continue that message on one another, talking about forgiving one another tonight. Forgiving one another. Pretty simple message, but a difficult principle. And so here we read in chapter 18 of Matthew, and we begin reading in verse 23, and we'll read down to verse 35. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, he was wrought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and his children, and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the, servants, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, 
which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, I will pay thee all. But he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when the fellow servants saw that what was done, they were very sorry, came and told their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that the debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Father, we come to you, Lord, here tonight in this most important subject. God, the subject tonight, God, that probably touches every life. Lord, every home. God, the church, every relationship. Uh, Father, I believe tonight, dear God, unforgiveness. Tonight has broken so many homes and so many hearts. I pray tonight, dear God, that you'd help us to get an understanding. God, that we might take out of here tonight, Lord, and of what it really means to forgive. And God, really know if we have forgiven or not. Father, I pray you'll lead the service. Guide my lips and guard my heart. Father, may all these things be done for thy glory. Father, teach us the word of God tonight. We know there's power in that word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we preached uh, some of this already last Wednesday night, so we'll not do that, but we'd like to just make a few comments tonight concerning the Scripture. I want you to notice tonight the first thing is that Jesus is likening this story, the story of forgiveness and being forgiven and also forgiving tonight, uh, liken it to the kingdom of heaven. And tonight, that's important tonight because those that are the kingdom children, you could say, are those that are in the kingdom, are those that are saved and born again and washed in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, they are the church tonight. Uh, they are the body of Christ. They are the bride of Christ. Uh, they are considered tonight as the Christians. Uh, they are those tonight that have been forgiven. Amen. And they've been forgiven in the blood of the Lamb. And yet they have been forgiven. Because they have been forgiven, then they are they're going to be the people that forgive. Amen. And they're going to bring forgiveness to all others in which maybe have brought offense unto them. That's what Christians do. That's how the children of God behave. That's the conduct of those who have experienced the grace of God. Now those that do not forgive and will not forgive, those who carry on wrath and anger and bitterness, are those who know not God. Right. And we find tonight uh, that uh, this is how God in His kingdom uh, will do and they will be. And so as we look at this tonight, we find uh, the truth about forgiving. We talked about that this last week, but I want to show you tonight that the truth about forgiving tonight is always generated from the heart. Right. Every true forgiver is forgiving from the heart. 
That's where it all comes from. We see that tonight. Even in verse 35, he says, If ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses from their hearts. We find tonight that the Bible says in verse 27 that the Lord to his servant, he said, He was moved with compassion. Telling us tonight that true forgiveness, the one who is forgiving and God honors and it's for real, will always be and must be from the heart. It's not a mind thing. It's not a feeling thing. It's not a thought thing. It's not a sympathy thing. uh, But it is a moving of the heart. It is a stirring of the heart. It is an action from the heart tonight. Uh, we noticed that it was a heart because of the amount that was forgiven. If we take 10,000 talents and put it into dollars tonight, it would be $1.5 million. And so what this Lord has forgiven this servant of was $1.5 million. That's a lot of money today, much less almost 2,000 years ago whenever this was taking place or the story was given. So it has to take a heart tonight for somebody to forgive someone of $1.5 million. That's not a mind thing. Uh, That's not a money thing. Uh, That's not even, it seems like a, a, a thing that's right. But it is right in the eyes of God. So we find the amount that was forgiven. We notice the payment that was required. It's telling us that this Lord, whenever he come to the place of forgiving this man... It had to be from the heart because he said, because you haven't paid me back, in verse 28, this is what the payment is going to be made to me, and you ain't got a choice in it. I'm not asking you if this is what you want to pay because you didn't pay the $1.5 million, the 10,000 talents, then I'm going to sell you, I'm going to sell your wife, I'm going to sell your children. I'm going to sell all that you have. And look there in that verse 20 and 25, it says, and payment to be made. You see, tonight when somebody makes that statement and makes that requirement, and then he says, oh, I forgive you, it has to be from the heart. It has to be from the heart. We find here thirdly tonight, not only was the payment, the payment that was required and the amount forgiven, but I noticed the servant's response. We find in verse 26, when he told him this is the payment going to be made, immediately we find that this man fell down and worshiped the Lord. We find a submission. And then we also find a respect. He says, Lord, unto his Lord. And then I see a humility. He said, have patience with me. Humility. And then I noticed thirdly, an honesty. He said, I will pay thee thee all. And tonight, if you're the one that has brought offense to someone tonight in your home, in your church, at work, or wherever tonight, in order for you to be forgiven, you're going to have to present the same attributes. You're going to have to show forth in your life a submission to the one that you offended. You're going to have to show forth in your life uh, something tonight in your life that's going to bring forth uh, very much of a respect unto them, respecting them. You you offended them, and now you need to submit to them. You need to respect them. You need to show forth a humility, and you need to show forth tonight a honesty. If you want to think that at all you're going to be forgiven, 
You see, this man here, he was told to sell himself, his wife, his children, all that he had, and he comes to his Lord and he shows forth this attribute of one who wants forgiveness. Right? And so if you are one tonight that you are needing forgiveness or wanting forgiveness, you don't come with pride. You don't come with ego. You don't come with anger. You don't come tonight and you're like you're going to beat somebody up or you're going to, uh, you forgive me or I'm going to slap your face or you know what, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have did what I did. And, and so you're arguing, you're defending, uh, you're trying to be on the defense. Uh, uh, you're not showing forth at all tonight in the position of being forgiven. But this man did. We see that tonight and we preached on it, of course, last time. So he was moved in the heart. We see number two, no, it was that this forgiving, the truth of forgiving was generated from the heart, but it was granted by the heart. The Bible says that he loosed him in verse 27. That grant was only a heart grant. That word loosed him means this tonight. It means to freely, to free fully. It means to release completely and to dismiss entirely. So when he looked at him, he says, I loose him. And what he was saying was this, you know, I told you that you're going to have to sell yourself and sell your wife and sell your children, all that you have. But you know what? I'm going to forgive you. And in way of demonstrating a forgiveness is I'm no longer going to require of you to give up what I ask you to give up. And many people do this in a way where you get offended. They say, you offended me, you hurt me, uh, you, you put suffering on me, you caused me to be angry, uh, you're the one who caused me to do what I did, and now I expect you to call me. I expect you to send me flowers. I expect you to fall on your knees. I expect you to come to my house. I expect you to do this. And there's requirements that are set upon those people who has offended you in order for you to accept their apology for you to accept their forgiveness, they're going to have to do some things in their lives in order for you to receive. Right? right. That happens often, isn't it? Yes, it does. When we get offended, we feel like we're the authority now. Uh-huh. We feel like we're in charge now. You offended me. Now you're going to have to do everything I tell you to do. And I'm going to line it up. And you're going to have to do this, that, and this, and that in order for me to forgive you. How dare you? But anyway, we find that he says, I loosed him. In other words, he doesn't have to sell anybody. He doesn't have to sell himself or nothing. That's good, isn't it? So that's forgiveness tonight. Forgiveness is when you look them in the eye and those who hurt you and those who, who owes you and those who have indebted to you and you say, you know what? I don't require anything from you. I loose you. It's fully done. It's entirely gone. It's completely over. I like that, don't you? And so we find in the way of forgiveness, he showed us how to, how to do it. I, I notice here uh, that it was, it was given because of the heart. I'm talking about forgiveness tonight. Forgiveness was granted. Forgiveness was given. For forgiveness was generated. And it was all from the heart. The Bible says in verse 27, forgave him the debt. That word forgave, this means tonight, it means let it go. Now tonight, I don't know, you may be in here tonight and you don't forgive. And you haven't forgiven. And you go way back in life. You go way back as a child. 
You haven't forgiven your daddy. You haven't forgiven your mother. You haven't forgiven a brother or sister or aunt or uncle. You haven't forgiven maybe a teacher or maybe a, some other uh, schoolmate or, or maybe, a, a, maybe a neighbor down, sta- down street or maybe a friend you used to hang out with. Maybe you haven't forgiven an ex-husband or an ex-wife. Or maybe you haven't forgiven an ex-boss or an ex-co-worker. Maybe you haven't forgiven a church member or maybe you haven't forgiven yourself. And Fred, in what forgiveness is all about tonight in God's forgiveness, he says, let it go. Whatever it is tonight, $1.5 million to this Lord, he says, I'll let that go. Just let it go. It means to put it away. It means to leave it alone. It means lay it aside. It means uh, send it forth. Uh, Never to be mentioned again. Uh, Never to be considered again. Never to be recalled again. It means finished, done, over through. That's what real true forgiveness is tonight. And if you're not experiencing that, then you're not forgiving. And tonight, if you're on the other end of this animal, you're on the other end of this this, uh, monster, because unforgiven people are monsters. Unforgiven people are animals. They will chew you up and spit you out. They will cause the whole house to be uneasy. Uh It will cause the whole marriage to be on the rocks. See, unforgiving people tonight, friend, you don't want to be around and you don't want to be part of. Oh, they're horrible people. I'm telling you tonight, friend, uh, you can't hardly live with them. You don't want to be around them. You don't even like them uh, because, friend, they don't forgive. Mm -hmm. They always bring it up. Mm -hmm. They always use it as some tool or some weapon. They always bring it up in the time, friend, of the argument, of the time of trying to make a point or the try to stab you or try to put you down or try to make you look belittled. Uh-huh. They use that. Right. Tonight we find unforgiveness is, from, is granted and generated and given. He says, I let it go. It's done. And friend, tonight you'll find no greater peace in your heart than when you as the forgiver say, it's done. It's finished. You'll find the peace of God there. You'll find the rest of the Lord there. You'll find life Amen. being happy again. Hallelujah. You see, tonight, those who don't forgive always think it's those who did the hurting or done the offense is the problem in their lives. But the people who've done the offense and the, done, the people who've done the hurt tonight has asked God to forgive them and they're moving on in their own lives. It's the unforgiver tonight that's being set back in their Christian walk, in their Christian life, and they're looking around as a miserable, unhappy, always mouthing off and always angry, always got something to say and never happy about anything. It's that person tonight that's miserable but not the one you're pointing at saying the reason I'm mad and angry is because of that one, and then 10 years later you're still angry and mad about it, and the one who did it has gone on. They're happy as a lark, man. They're eating, you know, fajitas and (laughs) drinking Coke and banana splits. and I mean, listen, friend, they're having a time, and you're over there taking anxiety medicines, over there going to see therapists and, and, and psychologists and and trying to figure out how to get out of the dark room and 
and wondering why uh, you don't have no friends and, and wondering why you're, you had a couple of marriages and, and wondering why your children don't come over and see you anymore and, and wondering why that life just seems to be hard and because you're unforgiving, that's why. Who wants to be around somebody like that? Oh, we preached on that already. We, we talked about unforgiveness identified. Let me run this through real quickly and we'll get it back to the text. We mentioned last week, how do you know that you're unforgiven, that you're unforgiven, or that you are unforgiveness identified? I give it to you quickly tonight. Number one, you have outbursts of anger identifies you're unforgiven. You give the silent treatment. It, re it reflects you're unforgiven. You're petty and your remarks are always made. Silly, dumb, stupid remarks. Reveals that you're unforgiven. You tell everyone that you're not hurt. You tell everyone that you're for just fine. You tell everybody, I'm okay. What's wrong with you? Everything's good, but it's not. Shows you that you are in unforgiveness. Always trying to make your point. You've been, you've been unforgiven for 10 years. You're still trying to make your point 10 years ago. That means you just to have unforgiveness. You're out of control. You're always checking social media. You're always concerned with the texting of that individual. You're bothered where they go and where they don't go because you're still in unforgiveness. You're control. You're a control person. You want a control person, places, and things. Always. It has to be your way. You're blaming others for how you feel. You got sickness. I'm talking about real sickness. You got anxiety. You got depression, high blood pressure, overeating. All these things are indicators that you're still unforgiving. You keep lists of offenses, mental lists, not physically, emotional lists. You got them right there. Whenever something happens, you're ready to just lay it out. This, 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 this is where I'm at, and it's your fault. You hate life, you're unhappy, you're unsatisfied, you're uncaring. You repay the offense over and over and over. You replay it. It's at night you think about it. In your car you think about it. When you drive by a building you think about it. When you go down the street you think about it. When you hear people's names it makes it go off. The hair colors of those, the body shapes, the daytime, the work, the home, anything and everything, it's just always replaying it over and over and over and over. You just can't get over it. You tell others what happened over and over and over. You'll call a friend. You'll call a neighbor. You'll call a family member. You'll call your children. You'll call over your mom and dad and just tell them the story over and over. We find Bring hurt to those who offended you. That's why you do it. And then to bring sorrow for you because they say, Oh, I, so, I feel so sorry for you. You've been treated that way. And you want that. It's because you're still in unforgiveness. You're right and you can be. You're not wrong. You're not wrong in the offense of why you're offended or why you're unforgiven. It's not your fault. It's not your problem, you think. You're clear from any consequences of why you caused that individual to do anything to you or, or about you. You didn't have anything to do with it. It's all 100% of them and no 100% of you. Uh, you're deserving to be right because you're the one who's offended, 
but yet you don't have no responsibility of causing the offense. So we find you're still in unforgiveness. You don't really want help. You don't discuss your faults. You don't want to be corrected, and you don't want to be blamed. You see, these are all of these indicators that you're still living in unforgiveness. And so we see now number two, and that's where we stopped last week. So let me begin the preaching tonight on this second point, not only the truth about forgiving, but I want you to notice the torment of the unforgiver. The torment of the unforgiver. Look in verse 32. The Bible says, Then his Lord, after that he had called him, and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all thy debt, because thou desirest me. And what he's saying to the unforgiver, and if you're an unforgiver in here tonight, I'm talking to you. I'm talking directly to you. I'm looking at you square in the eyeballs tonight to say to you that as an unforgiver, the Bible says that you're wicked. You're wicked. That offended me. Well, then take it up with God. Because he calls this one who did not forgive his fellow servant, and he said to him that thou art a wicked servant. And the reason why he called him thou wicked servant is because he did not forgive the fellow servant. Amen. It's very clear in the scripture here. He called him a wicked servant. That word wicked there means sick. So what he's saying to him, he says, you're a sick individual. You're a sick person. It also means tonight an evil person. You're an evil person. So you're saying tonight, brother, if I don't forgive somebody, or if I got unforgiveness in my heart tonight, then I'm an evil person? Yes, you sure are. It also means a hurtful person. And tonight, it all boils down in wicked tonight, and what he's calling them is a devil. That's what he's calling them. He's calling him because you are a one tonight that acts and behaves and has conduct of a devil. So we find tonight that's pretty, uh, pretty straight, isn't it? And so we see that those who are unforgiving tonight, there's a torment of the unforgiver, and it is tonight you're just wicked. Number two, not is the unforgiver wicked, but the Lord is wroth. Look, it says in verse 34, and his Lord was wroth. Now, when you are unforgiving tonight, God is angry with you. God, that word wroth means violent passion. It means, a, it means an indignation. It means a vengeance tonight. This word wrath here is not that somebody is a little hacked off at you. It doesn't mean somebody just is not happy with you. It doesn't mean that somebody is maybe just has a little bit of riff with you. No, uh, what that word wrath is saying tonight is God is very angry of indignation, fire and violent passion. I mean, he is tonight, will not hear your prayer. He will not at all, friend, find himself as a friend unto him. Uh, friend, you have become one to him that he is so angry with you. He is so vengeful for you tonight that you're going to come under the wrath of a God. Right. And it's a fearful time to do such a thing. That's right. We got to know tonight that it's not okay to be unforgiving. 
You might be mad at them, but God is angry with you. You got to get more concerned about with God than you were concerned about with them. Friend, you've got a family to take care of. You've got a life to live. You've got a church to take care of. You've got people around you counting on you, looking to you. You can't pray and God, you can't pray and God hear you. God's not going to bless you. God ain't going to do anything with you. You're 10 miles away from God. The Holy Spirit of God is grieved and quenched tonight. Friend, you get nothing out of your Bible reading. You get nothing out of your church services. You get nothing tonight in Turkey looking to God tonight. You've got to come to the place of forgiveness this with God that you stop being unforgiving. Amen. Amen. So tonight we're all puffed up and we're all bent out of shape because somebody offended us and you're not even caring that you offended God. You're not even caring that the God that might have saved your soul and the God tonight who's the God of gods and the Lord of lords and the God tonight that will help you in your life and to guide you through your life and to give you what you need when you can't get what you need. You have cut him off. You have removed him. Uh You have tied his hands for he can't do anything with you or for you. Uh You know, you're no help to me. If you can't pray and get a hold of God, right. you're no help for your family neither. You're no help for anyone around you. Matter of fact, you're a trouble. Right. You're a problem. Uh-huh. Uh, matter of fact, you, you're the, you are, you are the hindrance. Mm. Tonight, you get in the way because tonight you're unforgiving. God's angry with you. Wrath, he said. That's a scary place to be tonight. And the Bible says that he was wroth, the unforgiver was wicked, but the Lord was wroth. But then I want you to notice the sin wages. I noticed that in verse 34 he said, and delivered him to the tormentors. To the tormentors. And this is what happens, friend, when you're in unforgiveness tonight, you are delivered to the tormentors. Say, what in the world does that mean? Well, look at verse 28. The Bible says, But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. What you see, friend, is a selfishness. And what God has done now, God has now delivered you to your selfishness. He's now withdrawn himself. Now the Holy Spirit of God's grieved. And now you find yourself in just self. So he's delivered you to yourself. You want to be that away? Then you handle it. You want to be that away? Well, then I'll back off. You want to be that away? Well, then you see how well you can do. You don't need me part of your life. You don't need me to be in your life. You can handle marriage yourself. You can handle parenting yourself. You can handle your your bills yourself. You can get up in the morning and go to work yourself. You can do all this thing with your health yourself. You don't need me at all. You don't need me to be part of it. You don't need me to be absolutely involved in your life on a daily basis tonight. I'll deliver you to yourself. That's right. That's a tormentor. Mm -hmm. And I believe many folks tonight have been delivered to themselves. Because they got unforgiveness in their heart. Uh-huh. That's what happened to him. He was delivered to himself. Yeah. I don't want to be delivered to me, do you? Sure. If there's one problem in my life, it's me. Right. If there's something in my life tonight that's not right, it's me. Mm-hmm. 
If there's something tonight that I need to get out of the way to serve God, it's me. If there's something tonight that I could look at God and say, God, there's nothing good that dwelleth in me. Right? Tonight, I am the trouble and the problem in my walk with God. It's me. And tonight, if I get delivered over to me, I'm in a world of shape problem. Amen. I mean, we make a mess of things when God is our Lord. Much less whenever he just says, okay, I'll just deliver you to yourself if that's what you want to be. And so we find tormentors and delivering to yourself. Number two, I want you to notice in verse 30, the Bible says, And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should be dead. And he delivered him to their proudfulness. Because he was too proud to do what God did for him, what the Lord did for him, for him to do for his, his, his servant or his, his fellow, uh, fellow servant uh, we find tonight, and it's because of pride. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, you want to go to the tormentors? Well, then I just deliver you to your pride. Yeah. Since you're so big and since you think you know everything and since you got everything under control and you sense that since you are the main thing in your home and it seems like that you are the one tonight that uh, you look at and look for and look in and, and, uh, and so what? You just go ahead. I'll just give you over to your proud. Your proud. Your arrogancy. Just give it over to you. Hey, friend, you'll find yourself in torments there when it's in pride and the way you're living. It's in selfishness the way you're living. Thirdly, I notice, verse 32, we find, Then his Lord, after he had called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgive thee all thy debt, because thou desirest me. He gave him over to his wickedness. That's what he gave him over to. He gave him over to his sin. You want to you wanna not forgive thy brother? You want to not forgive thy spouse? You want you thy want to forgive thy children? You don't want to forgive thy family? You don't want to forgive thy co-worker. You don't want to forgive thy enemy. You don't want to forgive thy church member. Then, friend, you'll find yourself in torment. Mm -hmm. Self, pride, and wickedness will eat you up. You'll find yourself daily sorrow. He was in in torments. And the Bible says uh, that this torments or tormentors tonight was in a daily sorrow. Every single day of an unforgiver's life, you're full of sorrow. Because, see, you can't stand you. You can't stand you. When you look in the mirror, you're not happy. When you look in the mirror, you're not satisfied with you. Are you? I mean, every one of us tonight could look in the mirror and say, you know what, I need a haircut. I need eyebrow wax. I need to get some wrinkles. I need to get some Botox, man, because I got some wrinkles here and I need to get some wrinkles there. I need to comb my hair. I, get, I need to get some new glasses. You know, the color don't look on me going good. I mean, every one of us tonight, we're too weight. We, we weigh too much. We got too much on us. And, and we, we need to do something different. I need to do a little bit of push-ups. I need to do a little set-up, little curls, little triceps, little biceps, little military, little bench press. I need, I need to get some muscles. I, I need to, I, what's wrong with me? Right. Friend, when God gives you over to that, friend, Every day you're going to be sorrowful. Uh You wonder why every day you're sorrowful? 
Why, every day is the same day. You just don't feel like it. You just ain't got no energy. You just ain't got no up and up. You ain't got no kick. You ain't got no excitement. And for it just seemed like a sorrow. It just seemed like sadness. It just seemed like everything is doom and gloom. It just seemed like everything. My marriage is a mess. My parent home. My home is a disaster. Oh, my life, Fred, is nothing. All I do is go to work all the time, come home and eat and sleep and talk for a minute or two and maybe I have something to go to the store. Maybe I get some gas. Maybe I get a hamburger and french fry. Maybe something happens out of the ordinary. But man, I'm telling you, every day at home, at work, at business, at church, I'm just a sorrowful, sad, pitiful person. Uh Unforgiveness. Uh Not is it daily sorrow. But we notice in the way of this tormentors tonight, it's a daily separation because see he was put in this tormentors which means he's separated now from his wife his children his things from everyone from everything and that's what happens when you get unforgiveness in you you're separated you're separated from your spouse your home your children your work your church you're separated from God you separated from friends. You're separated from yourself. You don't like you. You don't want to be where you are. You're separated in Scripture, separated in Bible reading. I just can't get into it. Uh, separated in church. You're unfaithful there. Uh, I mean, there's just all kind of ways in life that you become separated. Next thing you know, you find yourself lonely. You find yourself in a dark place. You find yourself in bed by yourself. You find yourself in a corner somewhere. You find yourself everywhere you are. You're just by yourself because you've been separated because of unforgiveness. Because you've been, you're in tormentors. Thirdly, tonight, not only is it daily sorrow and daily separation, but I notice tonight that it's daily sinfulness. As long as you're in unforgiveness, in the tormentors, you're in sin. And you're living in sin. You're living in wickedness. You're living in evil. You're living tonight in what Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for. You're living tonight in what Jesus has shed his blood for and what Jesus became. He became sin tonight and you're living in it tonight every single day of your life and you're in tormentors tonight. What you're doing is you're trodden on the face of our Savior. What you're doing for him is you're putting your spitting in the face of the blood of the Lamb of God tonight. What you're doing tonight is saying, that it's more about me than about God. It's more about who I am and than what who He is tonight. That in this unforgiveness side, I could say unto myself tonight and unto others tonight, listen, I don't care what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. I don't care about the blood of the Lamb. I don't care about the Spirit of God in conviction. I don't care about the Word of God and its truth tonight. And I don't care about God because I'm going to live in sin of unforgiveness, no matter what. That's tormenting, isn't it? That's tormenting for everyone besides just you. And so we find daily sorrow, daily separation, daily sinfulness. Can I say here thirdly tonight, and we'll close. Do I notice tonight the very truth about forgiving and the torment of the unforgiver But I want you to notice the tragedy 
of the unforgiven. The tragedy of the unforgiven. Verse 34, the last portion of it says this, Till he should pay all that was due unto him. Till he should pay all that was due unto him. $1.5 million that was forgiven is no longer forgiven. Because you can't forgive others, you're not forgiven. So all that you ever done, all that you ever said has come back. You're not forgiven. You have to forgive in order to be forgiven. Now here's what he said. He said, this is the punishment for you of not forgiven. Is you're going to stay in a tormenting condition until you pay all that is owed. But here's the problem. That man could never make enough money to pay $1.5 million. You will be in punishment until you die. Unless you come into repentance of God and you turn from your wicked ways and you put the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that he will forgive you of unforgiveness. Tonight, you will die in unforgiveness. Because you cannot pay back what is going to be required for you in the way of debt. What he had forgiven him was 1.5, and now he tells him, until you pay the 1.5, can you come out from being the tormentors? Tonight, how it works for you and I is this. We got unforgiveness in my heart, and God said, until you pay back what you owe me, you can't come out. And there's just absolutely no way tonight that we have the ability or capability of paying back God. You can't. So tonight, we'll find the punishment. You can't be delivered, you won't be delivered, and you'll die in the condition of unforgiving. Tonight, that's tragedy. That's tragedy. Only forgiveness tonight will bring freedom. Only forgiveness. Only forgiveness of others will bring freedom. Only forgiveness of those who have hurt you the worst who hurt you the most, you have to forgive them. That's the only way tonight there is freedom. You will die bitter. You will die miserable. You will die suffering. But tonight, that's the punishment that you'll get on this side for unforgiveness. That's what the Bible teaches tonight. If you choose to live as miserable and, and suffering And bitter, tonight you have chosen not to ask for forgiveness and not to forgive. That's your choice tonight. But that's the punishment of it. Number two, I notice the promise in verse 35. The Bible says, so likewise. What so likewise mean? That means everything you just heard is going to come back to you. 
He says, shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one, every one, every one, everyone, his brother their trespasses. Three things I noticed tonight. I want you to notice the Father's work. In verse 35, the Bible says, Shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. You can know it tonight that if you've got unforgiveness in your heart tonight, that what will happen to you is God the Father's work. It's not the one who made you mad. It's not the church. It's not the devil. It's not somebody who hates you and why you're miserable and why you're suffering and why you're bitter. Uh, tonight, God did that. Yes. Just remember that. You're in the condition that you're in tonight because you're unforgiving. And God said, I did that. I put you there. In order for you to get out of the unforgiveness, guess who you got to come to? God. Because he's the one who put you there. If you come to the one who you have not forgiven and you come to him and say, okay, 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 I'm sick and tired of being miserable. I'm sick and tired of suffering. I'm sick and tired of this thing Brother Larry called tormentors. You know what? He's right about that and God's right about that. I'm just tired of it. Oh, forgive me. Uh-huh. And nothing changes. Right. reason why is that really that didn't come from the heart. That just came because you're tired of the condition you're in. You're just fed up with being the person you are. Uh, you're just angry because you just didn't get all that you wanted and you didn't get all that you thought it was going to be by staying unforgiven and it didn't all work out for you like you thought it did. The plan didn't go like it ought to go and suddenly you're giving up on that and say, okay, let's make peace. And God says, listen, I'm the one who will pull you out of the tormentors. I'm the one who did it. So you got to look at me and God knows your heart and God reads your heart and God knows tonight if you're really sincere with bringing forgiveness to those that have offended you. Number two, not only did I notice God's work, but I notice God's will or the Father's will. He says, if ye from your hearts forgive, from your hearts forgive, that's the Father's will. From your heart. He said, I want a sincere forgiveness. I want a serious forgiveness. And I want a scriptural forgiveness. What is the scriptural forgiveness then? Well, it's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. This is what it says. Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. It's that's a scriptural forgiving is that you're not forgiving someone according to your own will or according to your own way or according to your own, uh, you know, the way you feel like that you ought to bring forgiveness. So God says, no, no, I've already forgave. And if you are going to forgive, and I'm going to be satisfied with that since I'm the one who put you in the tormentors and I'm the one who did that and I'll be the one who pull you out of it, then you're going to have to forgive as I forgive. How did God forgive you? How did he do that? 
Did you offend God at any time in your life? Have you ever sinned? That's an offense to God. So how did God bring forgiveness in you? Did God hold that against you for all your life? Or did God forgive it and pardon it? Did God ever a time you went forth, he said, you know what? He, you sinned and, and I remember that and, and I'm just letting you know that I know that you sinned. I, I told you I forgive you of it, but I'm just going to let you remind you that, that you sinned. And every day of your life when you sin, God reminds you of your other sins. Does he do that? No. How does God forgive? God forgives in the way of pardoning. Amen? He pardons it. He wipes it off clean slate. You look at your record. You know what you see on your record tonight? If we could call record from heaven and say, God, give me the books. And let's look at the books of Brother Cat. We would open up the book and there would be Brother Cat's big smiling face. And it would have, okay, this is the sins of Brother Cat from the day he was born until this day. And the sins will be listed. Negative. All you would see was the blood. Right. <laughs> Brother, when you open up the book under Cat, you see blood. Blood. Blood, blood. The devil would go and look at his book and look to God and said, God, can't never send. Don't remember anything. Woo! I'm talking about forgiveness tonight. Go ahead and keep being miserable. Go ahead and keep being in the tormentors. If you're ever going to do it the way God wants you to do it, you're going to have to forgive like he forgives. Put it under the blood. Amen. Don't ever bring it up again. It's done. It's through. It's finished. It's over. It's pardoned. It's, it's uh, what'd you call it today, Brother, Brother Keith? I was talking to Brother Keith about some legal things about you doing something that stays on your record. And he says it, huh? Expunged. 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 <laughs> so whenever, whenever you sin today and you ask Jesus to forgive you, it's expunged. Boom. Even the devil can't bring it up. Well, how come your wife does? Why does your husband? Why does the parents? Why? Why, why does your friend? Problem, huh? Oh, listen tonight. The tragedy of unforgiveness. We find the Father's work. We find the Father's will. Lastly, we find the Father's word. He says in verse 35, he says, Everyone his brother trespasses. That's his word. That's his word. So how many times do I need to forgive my husband, my wife, my children, my pastor, my friend? How much? Every trespass. Who in the world made that rule? God. That's who made it. God did. So I say to you tonight, if you have your Bibles, look at chapter 18. It's pretty close there. Look there on verse 21. 
Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? And, and I forgave him or forgive him till times. And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but seven, until seventy times seven. Does anybody know how much that is tonight? Seventy times seven? Four hundred and ninety times. Now I'm going to tell you something tonight. Has there anybody who's done one thing to you 490 times? Think about it. You say, bro, that's a long time, man. <laughs> they say, I'm sorry, one. I'm sorry, hundred. I'm sorry. You say, you've done that 300 times. <laughs> Amen. Now, God will deal with them doing it 300 times. Right, right. You stay out of that business. About the business over here, whenever somebody does do something to you 490 times, what's my response to that? To forgive as God has forgiven me. If not, guess what happens? God will put me in the tormentors. And God will keep me there until I pay all that I owe. Ain't that something? Help us tonight. That's God's Word. And I promise you tonight, you're not going to be able to overcome that at all. Let's go to one more verse and we'll close. Go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. I want to show you something interesting tonight as we close this message. I pray that it will be a help to you. There is a prayer tonight that Jesus has spoke of. And starting in verse 9, we'll read in verse 9 then. He says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye... Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Look at this in verse 12. And forgive us our debts. What does that mean? Our debts. So I say, well, you know, that means I got a debt with uh, like Capital One because I got a credit card. No, does that not even make sense, does it? Don't make sense like that. Forgive us. Of our debts, and we forgive our debtors. So that means anybody who owes you something tonight, you need to forgive them. You can't be right with God. I mean, if anybody owes you any money tonight, you need to say, you need to call them tonight and say, "Don't owe me nothing. It's over. It's done. Keep all the keep all the one point five million dollars I let you borrow." It, it, it has to be more than that, isn't it? Has to be more. Sure. You know what that's saying there? Just like in the chapter we preached out of tonight, those offenses were debts. Right? Every one of them were debts. He had a debt. He couldn't pay. This was the payment required. He forgave him of the debt, loosed him. He said, I forgive you of thy debt. Here's another debt this guy had, 100 pence or whatever, 1,000 pence or whatever it might have been. And then he said, I ain't going to forgive you. Grabbed him by the throat, threw him into prison. The Lord came to him and said, man, what kind of wicked servant are you? I forgave you, why don't you forgive him? Forgive what? The debt. So here's how it works tonight. When you offend someone, it's a debt. And whenever you forgive them, you pay the debt. When you don't forgive them, you don't pay the debt. You know what you cannot do? You cannot collect a debt and Forgive a debt at the same time. Can you do that? It's either or. 
So tonight when somebody offends you, they're indebted. But you have to forgive the debt. You can't collect on it. Like, what do you mean by collecting? Like cussing them out? Like punch them in the throat? Like kicking them in the shin? Like running off into the bedroom? Like getting in your car and take off? Get you a shake down at Dairy Queen? Don't come back. Hit the wall, put your hand through the sheetrock. Go out somewhere. Go to your friends. Go to your families. Do all this kind of stuff. Stop being normal. Stop being, stop being just casual. Stop being cordial. And all of a sudden you become eruptive because you're angry and mad and somebody did something to you. Now you have a debt. He says in that prayer, doesn't I say, please forgive us our debtors as we forgive those with debt. I'm just saying tonight, this thing about forgiveness and unforgiveness, God sees it as a debt. You better get it paid. Amen. You better find a forgiveness with this debt. He says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. As we offend, forgive us. As those who offend us, forgive them. God help tonight in the way of, of unforgiveness. I find tonight that this unforgiveness as uh, it's one of the reasons. I got three reasons tonight why divorce happens. One of the reasons it's unforgiveness. There's not a divorce ever takes place in the world that unforgiveness is not part of that divorce. I'm, I'm, just, telling, I'm just telling you, unforgiveness. There's not a relationship or a partnership that's divided or splits without an unforgiveness. It never happens. There's not a fight and a battle in a home or in a marriage or in a church without an unforgiveness. You can all trace it right back to unforgiveness. I say to you tonight, many people are in tormentors. I feel sorry for you. May tonight, would you bring it to the altar? Would you lay down your unforgiveness tonight? Would you give it up? And forgive those that you have not forgiven. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Anybody tonight need to come to the altar? Maybe need to pray about forgiveness. Maybe pray about somebody that you need to forgive. Or maybe somebody that needs to forgive you. Maybe it's something like that tonight. The subject tonight is forgiveness. How about you tonight? Where are you at? Where are you at in the relationships tonight that you have? Is it well? Is it good? Is it just like God would have it tonight? Or is there problems and issues? Does it all underline in unforgiveness? How about it tonight? Why would you walk out of here tonight when you can come out of the tormentors and you walk out with the tormentors tonight? Don't make sense to me. Would you come? You come. Just come. Man, God's willing down here. God, God has grace here. God has mercy. He doesn't want the kingdom of heaven to be in unforgiveness. 
He will extend tonight His everlasting love, His great mercy, His pardoning power. If tonight you would humble yourself and submit yourself unto Him, be honest and full of humility, and God will forgive you. God help. Help tonight. Our homes are in trouble. Our, our hearts tonight are, are so bothered and burdened. The house of God is so splintered and divided and full of schisms. Oh, tonight, I'm telling you, we, we are such a troublesome people tonight over this thing about forgiving, about forgiving. God, help us tonight. Let's get it right. Let's get it clean. Let's get it clear. Let's lay it down tonight at this altar. Let's leave it right here, right here tonight. Would you do that? Would you do that tonight? Why would you hold up? Why would you not do it? Oh, God, help. Help, Lord. Some have come tonight. Would you come? You might just want to come tonight and be saved. You've never been forgiven of your sin. You never asked Jesus to forgive you. you you've never come to the place where you are a sinner before God. You, you never mentioned that to Him. Lord, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I'm going to die and go to hell. But I know your Savior. And I repent of my sin. I turn from my sin. And I ask Jesus and trust Jesus and receive Jesus tonight as Lord and as Savior. That now my sins can be forgiven and that He may be Lord of my life. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever experienced the grace of God, the indwelling of the Spirit of God? Have you ever come to a place in your life whenever you got sick and tired of you and you asked Jesus to take over to be the Lord? It's time. It's time. You'll not outlive God. Brother Keith said so well in Sunday school, you, you can go to the deepest ocean, you can go to the highest mountain, you can go to the, the farthest sky. God's there. Oh, search me, oh God. Try me. Know me, Lord. Help me, Father, I pray. All right, tonight let's go ahead and take some prayer requests. And again, I thank you tonight for being here. I ask the Lord to, to help us in this way of unforgiveness. Oh.
Yeah. 